only. Uh, my name is Greg Vaccaro. I'm one of the pastors here. Thanks for being here. So did you get the, the snow alert? Were you, were you advised? We, I didn't get any mad messages about people that came here, but I, I do want to say if you requested the, the snow emergency, you know, you got the text message. Some of you got it. Some of you didn't, unfortunately. And that we understand now what we did. That was a mistake on our part. So if any of you said, hey, this thing's not working. I never got a text. We know about it. Sorry. We apologize. We'll get it right next time. Um, but hopefully everyone heard some other way that last week was, uh, was online only. And thankfully, the storm came on Friday this week, not Saturday. So that was kind of nice, right? Uh, again. So if you read the Shiloh News, it comes out every Friday. You get the Shiloh News either by, by filling out an I'm New card or going to the bottom of our website and subscribing. You may have noticed the title was this, Love Suffers Long. What? Love Suffers Long? Really? Right, and, and the, the backdrop of that is we were in small group Thursday night and Samantha Jarvis was with us and she's like, hey, Greg, you always read a New Living, but I want to read it now from New King James. And we, we saw in New King James this, this little piece, Love Suffers Long. So this morning, I'm going to read 1 Corinthians 13 out of New King James. This is not who I typically am. I read from New Living. I've been reading from New Living for probably 13 or 15 years. I started off my Christian walk reading New King James, but I've moved to, to a different translation. I'm going to be talking about the greatest of these is love. We're finishing our series today on All You Need Is Love. This is the last, uh, the last message in that series. Next week, we're starting an, an amazing series called Unbelievable. We're going to be talking about the love that Jesus had in different examples in the Gospels and just how his love was unbelievable to us. But today, the greatest of these is love. We're going to start, I'm going to go through 1 Corinthians 13 and kind of summarize what we've heard as we, as we take the different verses through, and then we'll get to the text that we have for this morning. So this is 1 Corinthians 13 out of New King James. It says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love... I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I can remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned but have not love, it profits me nothing." You know, and I don't know if you've ever had that moment of envy where maybe you're at, at work, you might be at school, it might be in your neighborhood, and you see someone and they're doing something so well, you're like, boy, I wish I could be like them, right? I, I just, I feel like I'm so inferior when I look at how well perhaps they're a carpenter or how well they paint or, or how well they organize things in their home, whatever it would be, right? So there's times that we, we look at each other and we put people either above us or below us based on what we do versus they do, right? And this was happening in the Corinthian church. And if you go back to 1 Corinthians 12, they were looking at people that had spiritual gifts as well. Well, that person must be a superhero of the faith because they've got prophecy. They've got the word of knowledge. They have the gift of tongues. They have this. They have that. And, and they were using this as a means of boasting. Like, we can never use God's gifts as, as a way to say we're better than someone else or, or worse than someone else. But that's what they were doing. And, and Paul is bringing a, a moment of correction to them. Saying, look, it, it doesn't matter. It's not about the gifts, people. It's not about what you got and, and what you do. It's a matter of what's in your heart. 
Now, if I were going to be honest, if someone came here today and like they're prophesying, they got a word of knowledge and they're doing it, I'd be like, whoa, that person's, they got something, you know. But God doesn't look on the outside. He looks at the heart and he wants to know, do they have a heart of love? Because even if you would give yourself up to be burned, all right, burns are ugly, right? My wife has always said, if I'm ever in a fire, I got third degree burns, let me go. I don't want to be saved, right? Don't just let me go. And, and we have this conversation often. Well, not often, but whenever we have it, Meg makes that comment. All the kids go, mom, stop. Even if I would give myself to be burned, if I have not love, I'm nothing. So what's the heart of love? And so Ed mentioned at the, the end of week one, or, or what he said in week one, it's critical we realize how much God truly loves us. He is that father that's always looking for the prodigal. God isn't just a loving God. God is love, right? That's the definition of love. It's who God is. That's agape love. Love isn't about emotion. It's about an action. And God loved us through action by sending his son to die on the cross for us. And love is always a choice. Many times it's not, it's, there's, there's not, it's not motivated by a feeling. So that was week one. Week two and three, we looked at these uh, four verses. It says, love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It's not puffed up. It does not behave rudely. It does not seek its own. It's not provoked. It thinks no evil. Does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Right? That's, that's the amazing nature of who God is, this agape love. And in week two, we started to look at the different Greek words for, for, for love. Uh, there's many, I think there's nine different words in the Greek that, are lo- that we all translate into English as one word, this word love. So what we find in 1 Corinthians 13 is it's agape love, it's God's love, it's, it's love of action, not love of feelings. Agape is love because of what it does, not because of what it feels. And I, I preached on week two, and I got a little bit vulnerable, to be quite honest with you, and I shared a story of how I had gotten irritable with Meg. You might remember that story. And I, and I kind of said that, okay, Meg in the moment, this is what I love about Meg, she's like, hey, as I was getting irritable, she's like, how, you're, preaching on, you're preaching this Sunday, right? How's your message going? You're preaching on love, right? And I'm like, oh, I felt so low at that moment because I knew exactly what her comment was, right? And I said, hey, what I love about Meg is her sass, but Meg was over in Shiloh Kids, and I kind of asked you not to say anything, and guess what? Meg comes over here, and everybody's like, ha ha, you should see what Craig said about you. Bean, her sister Bean from Pennsylvania even texts her, Meg with the sass, like, Bean, I got you. I just want to let you know, Bean. Oh my goodness, people, you can't keep a secret. Well, Meg's right here in the front row. I don't have any secrets with Meg. But, but we talked about how often we fall short. We fall short of God's love. And I said, if you want more of God's love, you've got to receive more of God. Because it isn't in us to try to love like God loves. You need more of God, less of me and more of him. If you, don't, if you can't love with a God by love, you need more of God. Humble yourself. Empty yourself. Say, God, fill me. Steve preached... Last week, you know, what, one of the things I love about Shiloh is because we get different people here in the pulpit. And I, I love Steve's approach. Some of his stories, man, they just really drew me in. Like that one with the picture of the guy shooting the gun, man. I was there and I'm like, what? The other guy's smiling? Like, if you haven't listened to the message, you got to go back and listen to it. It was very practical, very heartfelt. 
So he closed with some practical steps for learning to love. A few of them were recognizing God's love by practicing gratitude. Yeah, that's an amazing thing. If we, could, if, we were thank, if we weren't thankful today for all the things that God gave us and the things we weren't thankful for, we wouldn't have tomorrow, how much more thankful would we be, right? We talked in a small group. You know what? We'd be thankful for the hot shower. We'd be thankful for, for breakfast. We'd be thankful for a bed, for a pillow. Like there's so many things we could be thankful for that it's just like we take it for granted. There's people that are sleeping out on the street today. They're, they're, they don't have the pillow. They don't have the hot shower. Surrender our will to God's, to God. Talk to the Holy Spirit throughout the day. Recognize that the enemy sometimes is filling in the gaps, right? That was the whole point about the story with the gun. The enemy will say things and we'll believe it instead of believing the best. Instead of saying, God, what is it that you, how do I love, love genuinely? How do I love with an agape love? So that was week two and three. Now today we're going to get into verses eight through 13. We'll finish out the chapter. So let me just read 8 through 10 for a minute, and we'll stop there. It says, love never fails. But whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. You know, so Paul introduces a statement that probably makes us all feel a little small here. He, he says this one phrase to start off verse 8. Love never fails. Three words. Love never fails. And right away I'm like, yeah, my love fails. Like how many, how many of us your love has failed, right? So it's like obviously I don't got God's love because God's love never fails, but my love has failed. Right? I, I don't feel like I measure up. So the, the truth of the statement isn't that, okay, do I fall short or do you fall short? That's not the truth of the statement. The truth of the statement is when we can love with agape love, it will always be effective. Agape love never fails. To the, to the extent that I can show agape love, it's always going to yield fruit. It's going to have results in my marriage. It's going to have results in my family, in my neighborhood, in my community, in, in our world. If I can love with agape love. Love, true agape love, it will never fail. I may not uh, show it well, but when I do, it's going to yield a result. And that's what God's love is to us. So the other way that love doesn't fail is love is eternal. Selfless love is going to continue from here all the way to heaven, right? That's the kind of love we're going to have in heaven. That's the kind of love that God gives us today here on earth, and that's what he expects us to share. So now Paul talks about all these gifts from 1 Corinthians 12. And he's like, hey, remember all those spiritual gifts that you guys were saying, this person's better than another person who's better or less than the other? He's like, those gifts, they don't really matter. Because when you get face-to-face with Jesus, you're not going to need prophecy anymore. You're not going to need wisdom. You're not going to need knowledge. You're going to be in the presence of Almighty God. You don't need those things. right? So when it says prophecies never fail, now i got to go back to New Living. New Living says this, prophecy and speaking in unknown languages and special knowledge, it will become useless. It's useless in the face of God. We don't need it. That's just a representation of who God is as a gift for while we're here on earth. But love is the thing that lasts forever. So spiritual gifts, they're not the constant between earth and heaven. What's the constant between earth and heaven? It's love. And saying it another way, I'd like to say this. Agape love brings heaven to earth. 
Okay, that's, that's who God is. God loves us with that love. And he's like, to the extent that I can love other people, that's bringing heaven to earth. It's amazing, right? When I love like Jesus, I'm Jesus with skin on, right? As I show that kind of love to someone else. It's not a love that's a feeling kind of a love. It's, a, it's an action. It's, a, it's the right thing to do kind of a love. And we make the world a better place. It's a game changer. So, you know, the other week I shared a story. I got a new story about how this love, agape love, I'm being challenged by it, right? So, so this past week, bear with me if you're not a, a computer person, but I got a new computer over Christmas. I'm trying to download McAfee virus protection software, right? It should be pretty simple. It's already on there. I just need to put my account on the McAfee. Doesn't work. So, all right, I'm savvy enough. I can uninstall McAfee. I try to reinstall McAfee. I get a problem code zero. All right, I'll get on the chat. I do the thing. You know, they take control of your computer. Bing, 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 bing. This problem code zero, sir, it's a known problem. After an hour and a half, they tell me it's a known problem. Well, couldn't you have just told me at the beginning it's a known problem? But all right, so that's call number one. I have call number two. I have call number three. Just recently, I downloaded Windows 11 to the laptop. I'm like, I'm going to try it again. It doesn't work. So I get on the chat. But I get on the chat while I'm working on this message. Probably not a smart thing to do, right? So the chat's going, and I'm working on the message. And, and I tell the guy, look, just tell me. Don't waste my time. Just tell me, is problem code zero fixed? Because I don't want to spend another hour and a half. Well, sir, what was your number? And what's the previous cases? And, like, he's going back through all the notes. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh, you're killing me right now. Um, just tell me your problem code zero is fixed. That's all I want to know. Who's being irritable? Who's being like, am I being patient and kind? No, I'm not, right? So end of the story, like I, the light bulb goes off. I'm doing it again. Like I'm, I got no feelings for this guy. The emojis I want to put on, they're not listed. You know, I can't give him that kind of like, ah, I'm tearing out my hair emoji. But I just take a breath. I'm like, I don't have feelings of love for this guy, but agape love isn't based on feelings. Like it's not his fault. He's just the representative, so he's like, would you bear kindly with me, sir? You know, and the, and the way his, his ling- English comes out, it's like, I, I know he's not from America. You know, he's somewhere else. And, and I'm like, this guy, I just got to be patient with him. I'm like, take your time, do your thing. You know, and I go back, I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to practice agape love as I'm writing this message, okay? Because I got to, you know, have something to talk about. Oh my gosh, well, I was actually able to wish him a nice day when he couldn't solve my problem at the end of it. I thanked him for spending an hour and 15 minutes with me on chat, you know, and, and I'm like, maybe I grew a little bit through this. I don't know. Maybe I did. But that's, that's what agape love. When we can love with a love that is not based on feelings, but it's the right thing to do, like, it's going to make the world a better place. It will change your family. It'll change your relationships if we can actually give agape love to other people. So let's move on to 11 and 12. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I'll show no fully, even as I've been fully known. Now, have you ever heard of a word picture? A word picture is when I kind of tell you a story... You understand what I'm meaning by the story, and then I give you the translation back, right? So, so an example of a word picture would be this. If I took a pebble and I threw it right in the middle of a very, very still lake, what's going to happen? You're going to see ripples, right? Now, if I took a boulder and I was able to heave that boulder right into the middle of the same still lake, what would you see? Big splash, big ripples, right? 
So now, if I want to take that picture, you get it, and I want to make a, an analogy. The analogy is this. Sometimes I say things that I think are a little pebble. Bloop. And they hit you like, you know, they, they just weigh you down. And now I have a way of saying, hey, was that a pebble or a boulder that just happened to you? Because I'm sorry, I, I thought it was a pebble. You thought it was a boulder. Guys, here's a great example. Not that this has ever happened to me before. Your wife comes in the room and you're like, what'd you do to your hair? And she's like, oh my gosh, you don't like it? I'm like, no, it's just something's different. And I'm trying to figure out what it is that's different. Like we mean nothing by the statement, it's a pebble. But yeah, we had a bonehead way of saying it and it was a boulder to her, right? So you understand the pebble and boulder thing. I don't think that's ever happened. I'm not sure. It probably could have happened knowing me though. I, I say stuff like that, unfortunately. So Paul is giving us a word picture. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But then I became a man. I gave up childish ways. The word picture is this. I'm living now here on this earth. But there's going to be a day when I grow up. I'm going to be in heaven. Right? The second thing is I see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. How, How much different is it if you look at someone's picture versus you see them face to face? Right? There was a time when, when Meg and I were engaged. We were separated for nine months. I was in Texas. She was in, in Pennsylvania. Like I could look at her picture. I could kiss her picture. But you know what? Isn't it better to feel her embrace and be in person with her? Of course it is. Paul is telling us this earth, we're seeing through a mirror dimly. It's like we're looking at, at, at a reflection. But we're going to have a day face-to-face with Jesus. And then last, I know in part... But then I shall know fully, even as I'm fully known. This is just, this blows me away. God fully knows us. And we're going to have a chance someday when we're in heaven to fully know God. Right? I mean, my mind is blown right now with who God is. But we're going to have a day when we're going to be, we're going to fully know God. He fully knows us right now. So Paul gives us three word pictures of eternity. And then he goes on to say this. But now faith, hope, and love abide. These three but the greatest of these is love. So Ed Week 1 gave us some definitions about faith, hope, and love that I put back up there as a reference. And I think it's helpful to look at this, right? So, so faith, how many of you have ever had a faith in God, right? It's an abiding trust in God and in his promises. How many of you have ever had hope in God? Yes, I have hope in God too. It's a confident expectation of eternal salvation. But now faith and hope If they don't translate into love, agape love, they mean nothing, right? It's kind of like the clanging symbol and the burning at the stake and all that, right? You can say you're a person of faith and faith in Jesus, right? The world says person of faith. Well, person of faith is not the same thing as I got faith in Jesus, right? The world uses faith as it's an object, you know, there's there's not a, a point of the faith. No, it's not just that I'm a person of faith. My faith is in Jesus. But you can have your faith in Jesus. You can have hope. In, in eternal life, but if it doesn't translate into agape love, it means nothing. It really means nothing. So if we don't, if we don't love like God's love, we're missing the point of 1 Corinthians 13. That's, that's what his point is. Is that our faith and our hope, they would then be expressed with his kind of love. 
So as I was praying how to close this service, I was asking God, how do I grow more in agape love? How do I share with other people? Like I've told you where I failed, but how do we grow more? We've, we've tried to give ourselves some practical things. Steve talked about a, a couple last week. But in my mind, it's really this. I need to view life in terms of eternity. And, and as I start to understand that, you know, for all of Paul's word pictures, that I'm a child and then I'm going to grow up. I'm going to, I see through a mirror dimly. I'm going to see face to face. I know in part I'm going to, be, I'm going to know fully. As we make this, this translation between earth to heaven, right? If I start to look towards heaven, I'm going to act differently here on earth. So I've got a little picture that I want to give you. So I have this very long rope. You may have noticed it up here and wondered, right? This rope, I can stretch it all the way across here, right? This rope is going to represent our life. So this rope is a continuum. It's representing our entire life. It goes forever and ever, actually just behind the barrier there, but pretend it goes on forever and ever, right? But you'll notice the very beginning of the rope is red. This is our life on earth. And this is a Francis Chan thing from more than 20 years ago, if you've ever seen it on YouTube, but I just love this example, right? So the red part is our life on earth. The white part is eternity, Can you see the difference between the red and the white? Like the white goes on forever and ever and ever. The red is our life on earth. And you know, we're so concerned about, well, if I work really hard and I save really hard, then in this little piece of the red, I'll be able to do this and that and the other. And we get all caught up in the red. And we forget about eternity. So what are the decisions we make today? Right? We only have one life on earth. We only get to choose today how we're going to live today, and then it's gone. We, no one guarantees you or I a tomorrow. I, I don't know when, when my days are going to be over. You don't know that either. So I can't choose when my days are over, but I can choose how I'm going to live today. Amen? Right? And, and now I know that we know from the Word of God, what I do on this earth affects eternity. It affects millions and millions of years right now. Like right? Getting it right here, we have a chance to love like Jesus loves on earth. And as we do that, it affects eternity because what changes in our heart, it's our spirit that goes to heaven, not our body, not our flesh. It's our spirit that goes to heaven. What God does in, in us now, this is the opportunity, people. We, we get one chance to get it right while we're here on earth, the two inches of this amazingly long rope. So that's my question, right? Right? If I can view life in terms of eternity, maybe the next time I'm on chat with McAfee, I might think a little differently. Maybe the next time Steve goes to Lowe's, he might love a little differently. Well, Steve actually had a good experience. He thought about it. He was getting fumed, but, but he could calm down, you know? What would it be like in our, in our relationships, in our home, with our brothers and sisters, with our spouses, with our kids, with our neighbors, if we would say, wow, this is just two inches. I got, I got all the rest of this. Lord, let me love like you love. Because I, what I do here on earth affects, affects me for the rest of my life. Faith, hope, and love. Right? It's love that changes people. Faith and hope is what we all need. But if it doesn't translate into love, like don't tell me how great of a Christian you are and how much faith you have and how much hope you have. I want to know, do you have love? Because that's what Paul asked. He's like, and not just the love of the feeling love, the agape love, the love that does the right thing. 
So think about the relationships you have today. Think about people in your family, maybe. Think about people that you might be estranged from. It's two inches. That's all we got here. This is the rest of eternity. Is it worth it? Is it really worth like not fixing relationships today and loving like Jesus loved? I know it doesn't feel good sometimes to love like Jesus loved, but that's the whole point. I need more of him and less of me. Would you stand with me as we close in prayer today? So I've got a new goal in life. I want to view life in terms of eternity. Would you join me in that goal? Yeah, if you join me in that goal, then let's, let's pray together. Father God, Lord, I thank you for this 1 Corinthians 13. God, it's challenging. This agape love, it's not, it's not our natural kind of love. Lord, but it only comes from, whom you, from who you are in our lives. God, we, we can only surrender and receive more of it to be able to give more of it. So God, would you give us new eyes today? That Lord, as we're driving out of here, let us think more about eternity. As, as we start our day tomorrow and the work week, Lord, let us think more about eternity. That maybe our words are different. Maybe our actions are different, God. Because we're, we're taking our faith and hope and we're trying to love in a way that you have loved us. So, Lord, I I thank you for this day. I thank you for this challenge. We want to be different, Lord. Would you change us? We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks so much for being here. Remember, Growth Track starts downstairs in about 10 minutes. Have a great rest of your day. God bless you.